Thanks to Ian and the band for that great worship music. It really uh, inspires me. And uh, also for the Anna and Robert for your reading, that was, that was fantastic. Um, you may recall several months ago, I gave a message here at CCC on fitness. And I brought, for those of you who are here, I brought a lot of weight up on stage. Um, and, and we talked about the importance of binding in Christ and turning over your burdens to him. And understanding that, that only through him are we capable of anything. Well, today I'm going to talk about the next part in that series. And honestly, I'm a little afraid about today's topic. In fact, some of you might feel a little uncomfortable today uh, because we're going to talk about a, p- a topic that most people think is kind of disgusting and something that nobody really likes to hear and possibly brings up bad memories. But before we go any further, can we pray? Uh, Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the people gathered here. Be with those who are not here, wherever they may be, traveling or in a different country. And may they be filled with your spirit. Father, thank you for the opportunity for, to, for us to share this time together in community, jointly worshiping you. Thank you for the music that roused our hearts. And may your spirit continue, continue to rouse our hearts now. And the words of our servant David, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and redeemer, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today's topic is not Valentine's Day. All right? Not because I'm not, I don't like Valentine's Day or I don't have a heart. In fact, I think every day should be Valentine's Day and spending time with the one you love. Right? Am I right? Okay. So, rather, as usual, I was a little slow on the uptake that when John asked me to talk and get put two and two together, that this was the same week as Valentine's Day as the message, and I was talking, and by the, by the time I had really realized that, I was too far along in the message to, uh, to uh, back out of it, as well as I'd prayed a lot prior to that. So, so the weeks leading up, God had placed this particular West message on my heart. So today's topic is diet, or in the words of Garfield the cat, it's die with a T. This topic often leads a bad, pe- bad taste in people's mouth, pun intended. All right, I mean really, who likes to eat rice cakes when you can have cookies? Wouldn't you rather have a double whopper with cheese, fries, and a Coke than skinless chicken breasts and broccoli? And who likes to go to bed on an empty stomach when there's a plate of double chocolate brownies sitting on the counter, right? So to many people, the word diet represents discipline, frustration, and ultimately failure after failure after failure. Can you agree with me on that? All right. Well, if you don't believe me, how's this? We are now seven weeks into 2015. How many of you made New Year's resolutions that had something to do with your diet and have already given up? Don't raise your hands, please. My guess is that most of you, even the most disciplined of you, at times have fallen short when it comes to your goals, when it comes to your diet. And in fact, according to a 2012 Times... Times Magazine article, of the top 10 commonly broken New Year's resolutions, four of them had to deal with diet. Losing weight, 
quitting smoking. Yes, I consider smoking as part of your diet because it enters your bloodstream and it has an effect on you. Eating healthy and drinking less alcohol. These were all, these were in the top 10. There were areas where people have failed in their um, New Year's resolutions. Well, luckily for you, today I'm going to share with you the best diet in the world the world has known. But you got to stay with me through the whole thing, okay? So you stay with me on this. It's going to go a while. So what is diet? First, um, what do I mean by it? You really have to understand the true meaning of the word before we go further. Um, diet can be used as a, as a noun, a verb, or an adjective. As a noun, a diet is the sum of sum of food consumed by a person or organism. For example, we have a new addition in our house, a small little puppy. And uh, his diet is four servings of puppy chow a day, water, and whatever leaf, twig, garbage, weird object he finds on the ground that he can eat before I can stop him from eating it. Probably much like your two-year-old or below um, who can live off of crayons and anything that they find and, and chew on. Um, diet refers to our habitual decisions. An individual or culture makes, um, makes when choosing to, the, what foods to eat. For example, when my family and I lived in the U.S., our dietary habits were different than they are now. We went shopping at Costco and Giant and Trader Joe's. And so we, now we shop at Jenny's. Now, I'm not complaining about Jenny's. I really like, I'm really happy. I've heard years ago you didn't have those options. Um, but it's really not quite the same. And in, in the U.S., we, drank, we ate a lot of American beef. Uh, but here, it's more lamb and pork and chicken. And I don't want to pick on our Australian brothers who are here, but the Australian beef they sell here just doesn't compare to the stuff back home. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, as a verb, the word diet often implies the use of specific intake of nutrition. Um, for health or weight management reasons, with the two of them often being related. This gives us the word dieting, which everybody despises. Finally, as an adjective, uh, diet is often placed in front of things that really don't taste all that great um, and really aren't good for your health. For example, diet soft drinks, diet snacks, etc. But when you look at the origin, and that which is up, the word diet comes from... And I, Excuse, though, excuse me for my bad ancient Greek, but dia, dieta, and, and it means a way of life, okay? So your diet, everything you consume is a way of life. Most of us eat at least three times a day, sometimes five or six, uh, depending on what snacks you're counting. Even with all the conveniences we enjoy, our diet consumes a large portion of our day. And if you are cooking your own meals... It can take even more time, from grocery uh, shopping to food prep to cooking to eating and finally clean up. And that doesn't take into account all the times you spend thinking about what you're going to eat and what you're going to eat next. Or, or talking with your friends or colleagues what you just ate. So it takes up a huge portion. It, it is a way of life. Diet often defines you. Do you know anybody on a special diet? For example, the paleo diet, which follows a... Uh, paleolithic man's uh, version of a diet. It's a lot of meat and vegetables, no carbs. The zone diet. Zone diet person is eating a specific amount of carbs, proteins, and fats on, at every meal. The vegetarian diet. 
no meat. Oh, God bless you guys for that, whoever, vegetarians. And the seafood diet. You see food and you eat it. Right? So, the Bible has a lot, actually, to say about dieting. So much so that people have developed modern diets based on the Bible. There's the maker's diet. The, the Bible diet, what the Bible says about healthy living, the Hallelujah Acres diet, no idea what that means. Why Christians get sick, the Ezekiel bread recipe, the Genesis diet plan, and the Daniel diet. So according to the Bible, how, how important is diet? Well, from the beginning, what we eat and drink has been important to God. In fact, the words eat and drink are mentioned nearly a thousand times in the NIV. It's an amazing, I, when I looked that up, I was, I was just amazed, nearly a thousand times. So let's, let's take a look. If we go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 1, God has just finished creating man. And so he gives man his divine benediction. And in Genesis 1, 28, 29, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and other living creatures that move on the ground. Then God said to them, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that, fruit, that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. Be fruitful and multiply. Give dominion over all the creatures and the earth. And what to eat? It's relationship, dominion, and diet. So I really, I think most of us like this benediction to us, right? Spend time with the beautiful woman I gave you as a gift. Spend, have a relationship with her. Meaning every day is Valentine's Day, right? You have a job to do, so do it. And I've taken care of your diet, so eat. I've provided for you. A similar divine benediction is given in chapter 2 to Adam in Genesis two fifteen through 17. Then the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So once again, we're, uh, uh, we have our relationship with God, dominion over in the garden, and diet. But the one thing that's added here is that there's a restriction to that diet as well. In this benediction, Eve hasn't been created. God gives man, again, dominion and diet, but adds the restriction. I give you everything to eat. Just don't eat of that one tree. Now, as we all know, Adam, like each one of us, failed with his diet. And because of a failed diet, sin enters the world. The fall occurs, and several generations later... Man's diet, his way of life, has become so disgusting that God sends a flood to cover the earth. But Noah and his family are spared. And God says to Noah afterwards, in Genesis 9, 1 through 4, So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on the beasts of the earth, on every bird of the air, on all that move on the earth, and on the fish of the sea. They are given into your hand. Every moving, li- li- every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. I have given you all things, even as the, as the green herbs. But you shall not eat flesh with his life. That's, that is, it's blood. Once again, relationship, dominion. So pro- be fruitful and multiply. Unfortunately, due to sin, it's not going to be as easy. Rule over the creation. Once again, we have dominion. But it's not going to be easy. 
as easy. Nature's going to fight back. And we are given more eating options, our diet, but there's still a restriction um, not to eat the blood in, that, in the meat. God's direction for his people's diet continues throughout the rest of the Bible. And we can clearly see it. Eating is one of the ways God sets his people apart. That and circumcision, but we're not going to talk about that topic here. The books of Leviticus and Numbers are loaded with Jewish dietary restrictions. Eating is how the Jewish people reminded themselves of God's covenant. Every year at Passover, they eat the roasted lamb, bitter herbs, and unleavened bread, and are reminded of God's hand in their lives. God sustained the Israelites in the desert for 40 years by managing their diet, by sending them manna from heaven. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego set themselves apart by means of a diet, by not eating from the king's table. Jesus fed the 5,000. He provided for the 5,000, their diet. And finally, there's Peter's vision in Acts 10 where God tells Peter, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Get up and eat. So I hope you can see that diet is a fundamental element in the Bible and in God's relationship with his people. Now, although I could keep talking for hours on what to eat and drink, the healing powers of a good diet, how by eating right you set the foundation of your health, lose weight, gain muscle, reduce fatigue, etc. But time is short, and we need to get to the heart of the message, and that is this. If we look at Mark four, uh, Matthew 4.4 4, or Luke 4.4, 4, we are witnesses to one of the greatest conversations in the Bible. Jesus, who's been fasting for 40, year, uh, 40 days and nights, the Bible says he was hungry. The tempers, tempter says to him, If you are the Son of God, and what that really means is, since you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Get up and do something about it. Jesus answers him with Scripture, even though he's hungry and his physical body needs something. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Christ's human form needed food, but he knew that his true nourishment was not physical but rather spiritual. And he dealt with his temptation by relying on Scripture. In both, one of the interesting things that I found out, in both Matthew and Luke, this is the first time Christ quotes Scripture. As he's setting the foundation for the stage for his ministry on earth, he's talking about what our diet, he's explaining how, the importance of our diet. Our, our bodies do demand physical nourishment. We do need to eat. And as he says this, but our true nourishment is from the Lord. And the scripture Christ is quoting is from Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. And this is, this is to the Israelites after all they've been through. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promises on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way into the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Once again, we have that threefold message. Relationship. Live and increase. Possess the land. So dominion. We're going to possess this land. But eating, not just food, but words from the Lord. Your diet is not just food. It's from the words of the Lord. Our physical diet sustains us, 
But it's not what guarantees our life, which is God's, God's gift to us. In the book of John, Christ lets us know what our diet actually should be, and it's himself. In John 6, 35, this is just after Christ has fed the 5,000, and everybody's impressed by his making the, feeding the 5,000. But he tells them, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never grow hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And then again, with the woman at the well, who's, who's helping him, who's giving him water, and Jesus answers her and says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So Christ is our bread of life and our living water. Listen, we all struggle with our diet. I struggle with my diet. Pride, fear, lust, shame, greed, all these are knocking at my door. And they want to take control of my diet. And they want to replace or distort Christ in my life. I want you guys to all take, just take a minute, take a second, and think about what does your diet consist of? Is it trying to succeed? Is it finances? Is it a TV series? Is it WeChat, YouTube, Facebook? That device you carry with you everywhere you go, is that the focus of, is that primarily controlling your diet is it the advertisements you get bombarded with daily now i'm not saying any or all those things are bad but they do but if they become the foundation of your diet your way of life that is a problem the point is is this is that what you consume does have an effect on you and what you allow in does have an effect on you and not just on you but the person next to you here's another thought How many people here have outdoor activities planned for the day? Probably not too many. It's 400 AQL out there right now, guys. So if you are going outside, most likely you're probably wearing a mask. You won't be out there too long. We can't get away from that 400 AQI. We're here, right? But we can do things to try to protect ourselves. But what about your mind? What are you allowing your your mind to be influenced by and your heart to be influenced by that are much worse? Maybe we need to have an MQI and an HQI, a mind quality index and a heart quality index on things that you're allowing in. If you're honest and can admit that you are struggling with your diet, need assistance with your diet, or up until today you've never even thought about dieting, If you fit into any one of these three groups, which we all do, Isaiah 53, all have fallen short of the glory of God, then I have three recommendations to fix your diet. The first one is persistent prayer. Christ tells us in Matthew 7, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give gifts to those who ask him? The prayer is simple. Lord, I'm having trouble with my diet. I want you to increase. 
and me and all these other things to decrease. I need your help. And by the way, I believe Rick will probably be giving a very good message on that sometime this year since within the Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So make sure you come for that one. The second one is to meditate on God's word. David writes in Psalm 1, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. We are fruitful, durable, prosperous. That sounds like a really good diet. When was the last time you sat, stood, walked, ran, and meditated on God's word? And I use running because running is one of my favorite ways to meditate on God's word. And just meditated on it. And really opened yourself up to what God had to say to you. Allowed his word to lead you and guide you. I'm not trying to motivate you to meditate on the Bible. I just want you to know that you are missing out on its benefits. At the beginning of the Gideon Bible, there's a great preface about the Bible. And I want to share that with you. I just really love how they put it together. And it will explain to you what you're missing if you're not meditating on his word. The Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy. Its precepts are binding. Its histories are true. Its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise. Believe it to be safe and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Here, paradise is restored, heaven opened, and the gates of hell disclosed. Christ is the grand subject, our good the design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, and a river of pleasure. It is given you in life, will be open at the judgment, and remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility. Will the reward... The great, it will reward the greatest labor and will condemn all who trifle with its sacred contents. I really have nothing to add to that. That is just such a f- fantastic overview of, of what the Bible is. So what can you meditate on? How's this? Rick is going to be preaching on the series of uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It takes about 15 minutes to read that. You could do that every day for a month. The book of Proverbs is perfectly broken down. 31 chapters, you can read one every day, every month, keep cycling through it. It takes about three minutes to read a proverb. And that little bit of wisdom to focus on and meditate on the day will go a long ways. Finally, if you're somebody like me who's always strapped for time and, and trouble memorizing, I have found eight of the shortest verses in the Bible just for you to memorize and meditate on. Jesus wept. Rejoice evermore. Remember Lot's wife. Yes, that is a good one to meditate on. If you really think about remembering Lot's wife, you could spend hours thinking about those three words. Pray without ceasing. Quench not the spirit. Brethren, pray for us. 
I am the bread of life. I and my Father are one. As short as those are, you could memorize that and just meditate on that for a long time. Memorize it, go for a walk for 30 minutes, and you'll come back a different person. Finally, my last, last recommendation is community. Just before the holidays, a group of, of, of ladies in the gym that I go to, including my wife, decided to embark on a pre-holiday diet since we all know what happens during the holidays. Yue la yue pang, All right? So one of them came up with the, with the plan and shared it with, with all the others, and they established a means of accountability. They had, they had to record their results daily, and weekly they shared it with each other. Additionally, when they would see each other in the gym in the morning, they'd ask, oh, how, how's your diet going? How did it go? Oh, I ate past 9 o'clock. I can't, you know, and you lose points. So let me tell you, it was a great system. And the, the ladies in the gym all looked great. And honey, I want to just say you look fantastic. Happy Valentine's Day to you. We all know in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10, two are better than one. Because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who fail, falls and has no one to help them up. If you are here at CCC and are isolating yourself, straight from Proverbs, folks, you're a fool. My intention is not to insult anyone here. I've been there. I struggle with isolation myself. But remember the three points, relationship, dominion, diet. Relationship is the first one. Pick up the bulletin. Inside, there's men group, men's groups, there's women's groups, there's couples groups, there's kids' activities. There's ministries, even ministries that go around the world. Or if you are having trouble with your diet, and I don't see Dan here today, but get with Dan Lay after... Get with Dan Lay and join that Alpha course. Go with that Alpha course. That will be an, a great Kickstarter to a, a wonderful diet. You need to be connected. The person sitting next to you needs you to be connected. We all need you to be connected. Brothers and sisters, who's going to pick me up when my diet fails and I fall down if you're isolating yourself? You, can't you just can't isolate yourself. If you are having trouble connecting and are embarrassed or just plain shy, then I'm going to give you a secret phrase that you can use. And you can come up to me or anybody else and you say, I need help with my diet. That's our secret phrase. It means we need to get you connected somewhere. And encourage other people to get connected as well. So what is the perfect diet? Simple. In the modified words of Garfield himself, the perfect diet is dying to self and abiding in Christ. So today, when you head off to Pinnacle Plaza, enjoy that double whopper. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad about that. Enjoy it. Just remember, not too often. And in 1 Corinthians 10.31, so whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do. Do it all for the glory of God. So with the band members, if you could please come up. And let's pray.
Dear Father in heaven, uh, just thank you for this day. And we just, I'm just asked that you're with each one of us here on our diet. There's so many temptations out there, and there's so many things that are trying to lead us astray on our diet. And if, but if we keep our foundation in you and our hope in you, the bread of life, then we know that we'll be taken care of. Thank you for being such a great example to us and giving us uh, your words to rely on. In Jesus' name we pray.